This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, this is Alana Ulifi with my program called Body Matters. I just would like to welcome everyone that's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. And today I'm going to be chatting about the topic, what is our purpose on earth? And um, I know many of you might be wondering, why am I here? You know, why was I born? And a lot of people question, you know, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing for God's kingdom. So I hope that today's program will give you a little bit of clarity or just help you in finding your purpose. So I don't have a guest today, so I'm going to jump into this topic and my first section is that I would like to talk about is why were we created? So just going back to, to the word of God. And um, so we were all created with purpose right from the beginning of time. We were not born. None of us were born by coincidence or mistake. And God himself created us in our mother's womb. And God is the giver of life. So I just want to read this one section in Psalm 139 that says, For you created my innermost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You see, we were created uniquely. No one in this world looks exactly like you or me or thinks the way we think. Um, Who knows us better than our creator? So in Psalm 100, uh, Psalm 13, sorry, verse 1 to 4, it says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you knew it completely, O Lord. So just reading the scripture, we can tell that God knew us before we were even born. You know, none of us were meant to be a mistake or a clipsy or whatever. God intentionally, purposefully created us. And God knows the beginning from the end. You see, God himself chose our families. He knew the environment and the circumstances we would grow up in. This too was not a coincidence. He chose our parents who have unique qualities to raise us up in a certain way that would develop our gifts and talents to accomplish our purpose and his will in our lives. The truth is that we live in a fallen world. And in some of us, we might not have experienced a good childhood. And you see, the devil's plan is to destroy our God-given destiny from the day of conception. Despite our past, God is a redeemer and a restorer of what was stolen. And he will use what the devil intended for our harm to work for his good. For example, the hardships we endure in our lives can contribute to our greatest strengths at the end of the day. You see, hardship might even help us to recognize and identify similarities in others going through the same situation that we have been through. 
and it develops compassion within us to sympathize, help and cover and comfort other people. You see, God knows what we have been through. He knows our past and he knows our future. He knows even the sin and the things we battle with. And you know, nothing is a surprise to him. You see, if we allow him, he will take our brokenness and use it to create something beautiful. I remember many years ago calling out to God saying, Lord, I'm so broken. How can I ever be used by you? And the Lord gave me a vision and it was a vision of a broken pot. And this pot was where pieces were kind of glued back together, but there were some missing pieces in between. And I could see a light of a candle on the inside of the pot shining through. And I heard the Lord say, it's in your brokenness that my light can shine through you. You see, God can work with us no matter how broken we are. You see, he can put the pieces back together that it will look like an original piece of artwork. And remember that scripture where God says, in your weakness, I am your strength. You know, sometimes we feel so inadequate. Sometimes we just feel like failures. But you know what? Those are the times where God comes and he steps in and he does the work in us if we allow him to. You see, in Psalm 8 verse 4, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You see, God cares about every detail detail of our lives. You know, our, the way we even look, the way we were put together, even our physical attributes, God can use that for his purpose. You see, when we don't know our purpose in life, we may feel like we are missing something in life and life is meaningless. Um, we instinctively know we were created for something greater than what we are experiencing but we are not always sure of what it is. We, we may have tried a few things, but it's not really worked out. You see, only the maker knows the purpose he created us for. Therefore, it is only in and through him that we can discover who we really are. You see, God is interested in us. He wants us to be the best we can be in him. And when we come become Christians, the first thing that God does and the first purpose he has for us is transformation. And transformation is a form of restoration. But I want to stop at this and take a, a music break. And then after the music break, I want to touch on God's heart for us to be transformed because he's interested in us as people, as individuals. So let's come back after this break. Hi, this is Body Matters and you are with Alana Olifir and I'm discussing what is our purpose on earth. Um, I just touched on before the music break, I touched on why were we created. And firstly, I want to say one of God's what God does when we accept him in our lives is he starts with a transformation process within us. So what is the purpose of transformation? So transformation can also be interpreted as restoration. 
I believe that God is restoring within us His original design for mankind as it was intended before the fall of man. In this world, we have been exposed to lies, traumas, and and all the defects that this world has to offer. And you must remember that it says Satan is the ruler of this earth. But God is in the restoration business, and his heart is for us to be healed and delivered from everything that was never intended for us. You see, God is restoring to us what the enemy has stolen. You see, another reason for transformation is to be transformed from our old nature to the new. You see, we are no longer just natural beings, but also supernatural beings because we have the Spirit of God in us. Before we were saved, we lived under the rule of the kingdom of darkness. Our minds were conformed to the patterns of this world, subjected to the schemes and the plans of the enemy. But now we live for the kingdom of God. And even though we live in this world, we no longer belong to this world. And therefore, we need a new mindset. So we are reborn through the Spirit meaning that our old lives are gone and we are new creations in Christ Jesus. We have surrendered our souls, which consist of our minds, will and emotions in God's hands. Our souls are submitted to the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Now Galatians 2.20 says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. You see, this means that we now subjected to the leading of the Holy Spirit and therefore our thoughts need to line up with God's thoughts so that we can hear and obey him. We no longer live for ourselves, but to do the will of God. So through the transformation process, our minds are transformed into thinking the thoughts of Christ. And by doing that, Our will and emotions will be subjected to doing His will. You see, we are transformed from the inside out and the results thereof is bearing the fruits of the Spirit. Now you see here I'm talking about God's transformation. God who, when we give our lives to Him, He starts that restoration. He he wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to um, restore to us. All the years of what the locust has stolen. And once God starts that restoration process in us, um, we also start developing the fruits of the Spirit. You see, God wants us um, to create. He created us in His image. And so the transformation process is being restored to God's image. And when we do that, we bear the fruits of the Spirit. Now, some of you might be thinking, what is the fruits of the Spirit? So the fruits of the Spirit represent the character of Christ. In Galatians 5, 22, verse 22 to 23, it says, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You see, the fruits are the outward manifestation of inner transformation. You see, the word says that God's people will be recognized by their fruits. And that's in Matthew 7, which in 
number 15 to 20, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. When God says, you will know them by the fruits, meaning you can have good fruit and you can have bad fruit. But those who belong to Jesus, when we give our lives to him, he purposefully transforms us into his image. That's his purpose for us, that we may manifest good fruits and bear his character and his image. So why is it important to have the fruits of the Spirit? You see, the fruits of the Spirit distinguishes us from the world. Those who are not saved from those who are saved. In other words, we are set apart. You see, God's people are set apart for a purpose. When people will see and know that there's something different about you, once you give your life to God, you, your life can never be the same again. You see, God starts a work in you. And when he works on you, people can see it. It bears witness to others. And we become ambassadors for the Lord because we've been transformed into the image of Christ. So in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we change into His glorious image. We are transformed into His image because we are now the sons and daughters of the Most High. Therefore, God's purpose is to yield, restore us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And we need to remember that God is with us. He loves us. He wants the best for us. And transformation is not just trying to make us into something that we are not, but is God. It is God who is molding us into his best version of who he created you to be. You see, God is busy with his masterpiece, and that masterpiece is you. I just want to touch on the character of God. God wants to develop his character so that we can be effective witnesses. So part of building our character and part of the fruits of the Spirit is for our personal benefit, but also the dual purpose of transformation is that we bear witness to other people when they see God doing a work in us. And sometimes we don't even have to say a word. People won't see you for a while and they will say, you know, something's different about you. So part of our purpose as Christians is to be effective witnesses to others through our lives. When God does a restoration in our life, we cannot remain the same. Our lives can be testimony to others. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, it all goes back to God. You know, when our lives are transformed, it is to glorify Father in heaven. In other words, we become the light in this dark world. And without having to say a word, as I said, people would want to have what we have, and that is Jesus. 
You see, it's important that we work on developing the fruits of the spirits in our lives. And if we don't produce fruit, we will not be effective witnesses for the kingdom of God. It is only in Jesus that we can produce fruit. You see, in John 15 verse 4, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by himself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It takes time to develop the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, and sometimes even a lifetime. See, we need to understand that the fruits of the Spirit is the character of Christ, as I mentioned. But the most important fruit is love. And in, it says in 1 Corinthians 13 that we may have many things, but if we do not have love, we have nothing. Everything we do has no value in God's kingdom if it's not motivated by love. You see, God is ultimately love and we represent God. So in 1 John 4.16 it says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God's love for us is unconditional. And the Bible says that nothing can separate us from his love. So in Romans 8.38 it says, For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. He loves everyone, even those who don't belong to him. And one of the greatest commandments the Lord has given us, and this is also part of the purpose of witness. You see, our purpose on earth is to bear witness. And one of the greatest commandments the Lord has given us, he says, hearing that Jesus has silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And secondly, love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and prophets hang onto these two commandments. See, these two commandments fulfill every law in the Old Testament. Love is a fruit of the Spirit and the, most important, and the most important fruit because all other fruits can be summed up within love. So just to recap, our purpose is to bear witness. And when we love other people, like in John thirteen thirty five, it says, By this all men shall know that you are my disciples, if you love one another as I have loved you. You see, love is such a powerful force in human lives because every person, we, everything we do, everything we yearn for is motiva motivated by the need to belong and the need to be loved. 
You know, all people on this earth, every one of us, have got such a desire to be loved and accepted in everything that we actually do. You know, the way we behave, the way we we get hurt, it's, it's all because we are looking for that one thing. And what we are really looking for is the love of Christ. He is the only one that can fill that empty hole inside of us and give us a sense of belonging. And in 1 John 3.11 it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You see, when we belong to Him, we are part of a family. There's love, there's acceptance. It's only in Him and through Him that we will be able to comprehend what true love is. And perfect love is never without self-sacrifice. You see, part of who we are, part of Christ in us, is to love other people because that love draws them to the Father. And when they have Jesus, Jesus can fill that love, that void, that emptiness that all of us are seeking. Only God's love can can fill that place. And in 1 John 14, 17, it says, By this love, God's love, perfected within us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. This scripture is so powerful. It stipulates that we are like God himself in this world when his love is perfected in us. As he is, so are we in this world. When we manifest the fruits of love in our lives, we become the true reflection of the character of Christ. Can you see that God not only wants to heal us and restore us, he wants us to be effective witnesses. And you see, God also, God wants us to use us in the body of Christ. So I just want to touch on the body of Christ um, and then we can take a short break. You see, when we become a Christian, we are filled with the Spirit of God. Like all other believers on this earth, together we form the body of Christ, meaning that together we become the feet and the hands of Jesus Christ. You see, the body of Christ is not contained in a church or a building. The body of Christ is a living organism of spirit-full people that together accomplish the will of God on this earth. Now, if I look at Romans 12, 4 to 5, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each parts part has a special function, so is it with Christ's body. We all belong to each other. You see, as the body of Christ, we have a corporate purpose. Now, you see, God has a purpose for you as an individual, but he also has a corporate purse, uh, a, a corporate calling on your life. You see, God is interested in, in who you are. And it also says that um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that is on an individual basis. Um, I just want to explain that purpose. Each one of us is born with, like I said, strengths and weaknesses. And we have personal desires. And God's heart as a father is also to give us our personal desires. 
And that is also part of his purpose for us. But God's ultimate purpose for us is to be part of the body of Christ. And that's why I'm touching on this, the body of Christ. So as I said, as the body of Christ, we have a corporate purpose to represent Christ on this earth, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God to others, to save those who are under the rule of Satan, to bring healing and deliverance to those who are bound by the enemy, and to equip others so that they may become effective for God's kingdom so that they may be so that they may fulfill their purpose you see when we give our lives to god he starts a work in us already he says the work he started in us he will bring to con- um he will bring to completion and as god is working on us we become effective witnesses to other people and we go out and one of the greatest commandments that God has given us in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples out of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So besides the fact that I said God wants to heal us individually, he wants to do transformation in us, that's his purpose is for us for restoration. As we does it, we become effective witnesses, but we've got a calling on our lives. Each one of us have a calling. And one of the biggest calling is to make disciples out of all nations, and that doesn't mean you have to travel the world, as to where you are, where God has placed you to make disciples, to make, and the word for disciple means follower, to make followers of Christ. This is our corporate purpose, where each one of us has a specific role in doing this within the body of Christ. And how do we know what our specific role is? Okay, so we are part of the body of Christ, and each one of us has got gifts. And some some of us don't really know what our giftings are, but God is already, we were all born with gifts, because God says his gifts is irrevocable. He cannot take it from us. Whether you're born again Christian or not a Christian, you were born with a gift, with a talent, with strengths and with weaknesses. But God will take that strength and talent, whether we use it for God's kingdom or we use it for the world. But when we come in alignment with Jesus Christ, God will show us our giftings, you know, our natural giftings. And that gifting will always be something that we will use to make disciples or followers and not each and every one have has the same gifts as i said in the body of christ you've got different people doing different functions but the overall function of the body of christ is to make disciples out of all nations to to yield people to get them restored to to help each other to fulfill the purpose that Christ has for our lives. So in Romans 12, 6 to 8, it says, In this grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, 
speak with as much faith as he has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If your gift is teaching, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraged. If your gift is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You see, we need to understand that the Lord has already given us strengths, talents and gifts. These are the things that come naturally to us, but not to others. We, have, we may have an interest in certain things and we might feel passionate about other things. We need to know that the Lord himself places desires in our hearts. You see, we already have desires. We, some of us think, oh, we would love to write a book one day. Others, it might be running a half marathon or some people love gardening. People have interest in many things or feel passionate. Some people feel passionate about animals. Others feel passionate about children. You see, God has already, we were born with that passion and we need to know that the Lord, um, that those things that that we are passionate about, we do effortlessly. That's something that just comes natural. And it also brings us satisfaction in the sense of accomplishment and joy. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can identify our gifts and we can incorporate that in our everyday lives. You see, you don't need to use your gift in a, in a, in a church environment. Wherever you are placed, you can live out your calling and your gifts. And there's a scripture that says that your gifts will bring you, um, your, uh, your gifts will open doors for you. And another one says that your gifts will bring you before great men. So our gifts are not only meant to be a blessing to us, but God had given us gifts with intention to bless the people around us. You see, other people don't have your strength. So they benefit from your strength and we benefit from from their strength. And when we don't pursue our purpose, we are not only the ones that are losing out, but we are robbing other people that God had placed around you to, to benefit from your gift. So we were born for a time such as this. You know, God has placed you in the right time, at the right place, with the right gifting to fulfill that which only we can fulfill through Him. And for Him only, it is because God's Spirit lives within us that we can accomplish our calling in this life. You see, the Lord gave us a helper, and that is the Holy Spirit that lives within us. The Holy Spirit can activate supernatural power within us to enable us to fulfill God's purpose. These are gifts available to the members of the body of Christ. So we are indiv- we as individuals do not possess these gifts, but as the Lord wants to, His will, the Holy Spirit will make these gifts available to us. So each one of us have got um, specific gifts. And um, sometimes when the Holy Spirit says we're praying for someone and that person gets healed or we get a word of knowledge or we get uh, uh, yeah, 
a word of wisdom, that is normally when the Holy Spirit reveals something to us. That doesn't necessarily mean it's our um, particular gift that we got the gift for healing, but it says that the Holy Spirit, now it says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between Spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to Still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. So we've born with gifts, but then also having the Holy Spirit in us, He may activate that a specific gift, as as I said, wisdom or healing at that particular time. You see, we are not healers. God is the healer. It's only through His Spirit that we can activate that. So within the body of Christ, we fall into the following categories. You see, I am very much for a church, and this is just my opinion, a church where the fivefold ministry is um, effective. Now, the fivefold ministry I'm going to chat about now, I'm going to read about it, um, which says, which is in Corinthians 12, 27 verse 28, it says, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. So when you go to a church, when you attend a church, I believe it's important that the fivefold ministry is present, that that church has teachers and they have the apostles and the prophets because when you when you form part of the body of Christ, these are the people that help you through a prophetic word or through the gift of healing to get where you need to be. And each one of us needs to be discipled to a point where we can become disciples. And when we disciples, we make disciples out of all nations. We make disciples out of people. But it's important that we are surrounded by godly people in a church environment. Even though we're not restricted to the church, our church environment is a safe place where we're surrounded by people that can give us input, that can help us develop our gifts, that can even tell us or show us our giftings. So it's important to find out from God what your gifts are within the body of Christ. So in Ephesians 4, 11, verse 13, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So I just want to end off here and then we can just come back after the short music break. Thank you. Hi, this is Alana Willifree and this is Body Matters. And I was just chatting about what is our purpose on earth or what is God's purpose for us on this earth. Um, so I just want to end off with these few words and 
as I said before, the ultimate purpose of God is to establish heaven on earth and to bring his rule and reign over this earth. His purpose is to reclaim the authority man had given to Satan, to save us from the power of death and to reconcile us to himself. And he needs us to do that for him. God will return to this earth when the kingdom principles have already been established. He has given us everything, gifts and talents, including the Holy Spirit, to overcome and overthrow the rule of Satan. You see, your gifts and your talents that God has given you is what he is your equipment to fulfill your purpose. For example, if you have the gift of healing, and um, then you are busy with, with restoration. So that is your purpose, restoration um, in people's lives. And even when we, um, we have the gift of healing and we use it to heal people, we are bringing heaven to earth. And in heaven, there's no sickness or disease. So let's just think about purpose in, in a broader perspective. You see, once God, once we have given our lives to the Lord, and as I said many times, he restores us, then we become effective witnesses because now Christ lives in us. So what we do is we, um, and, and the one of the biggest purposes God said is to make disciples out of all nations. And how do we make disciples? We use the giftings that God has given us within the body of Christ to become disciples because each and every one of us have different roles in discipling people. You see, if you're a prophet, then you need to give word to people to bring them in, align them um, with God's word and God's direction. Um, if you're an evangelist, you'll bring people into the to, into the body of Christ. If you are a teacher, you can teach the word of God to people that will make sense to to them. So just incorporate all the giftings. Your gifting is your your tools, as I said, to make disciples, to walk in your purpose and your calling. And overall, God's heart is for us to make. It's that everybody on this earth is saved. He wants people to be saved. He wants people to be restored. And when God um, restores us, we also develop a, a, a kingdom mindset because we have a renewed mind. And if everyone on this earth is saved, just imagine that everybody will have a renewed mind. And the kingdom culture, that's where kingdom culture will be established on this earth. And when God returns one day, he will, heaven will be on earth, he says. And that is God's heart. So the body of Christ is at war against the kingdom of darkness. And our weapons, as I said, is our gifting and our purpose. And that is our God-given mission. We are fighting for the kingdom of heaven to be established on earth, which is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. You see, if you're not part of a church, ask God to guide you and to help you to find that church where you're surrounded by people, where you can grow individually in the image of Christ, where you can fulfill your purpose, where you can, you can walk in that calling that God has for you, not just in the church, but in your everyday life. So I hope what I've chatted about has given you a little bit of insight 
or maybe a little bit of of um, direction of what our purpose is, what God's purpose is for us on this earth, but also that God has a purpose for you as an individual. And I just really want to pray for you um, today. So I just want to to pray for each one of you today that God will reveal his heart to you regarding purpose and that none of you were born by accident. You know, you were not a mistake. You were not a mistake. Only God gives life. If you're living, you are created by the living God. And God, while you've got breath in you, God can use you powerfully. You don't have to stand on a pulpit. You don't have to be on radio. But wherever you are, even as a mother in your household, you can pray for your children. If that is your purpose, to pray and intercede for your children daily. As mothers, that's God's heart. Because sometimes, you know, we we don't know if we're raising up the next evangelist, the next... um. You know, um, yeah, whatever the 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 one of a, a great pastor. We don't know what God's heart is for our children, and I always believe that we need to, um, you know, pray for our kids. We to pray for protection, pray pray for purpose in their lives that they will fulfill their purpose, because God has got a calling for each and every one of us. So let me just pray. Father God, I just want to thank you that we were created with purpose. Thank you for the strengths that you've placed in each one of us. Father, I pray that you will reveal to us the calling, the gifting, the mission, and the purpose that we have on this earth. And I pray, Father, that every listener will be filled with hope and joy in finding that purpose, Father, because once we find that purpose, we can truly find our identity in you, Jesus Christ. Why we are, we we can get up every morning with purpose, and I pray for every person out there, God, that you will touch them, that you'll give them wisdom, that you will reveal to them their giftings. And I pray, Father, that every person will that you will open doors for them, Father, where they are, that you will um, guide them and help them into the right churches and the right place where they can live out their calling. Father, you said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, Father, freedom where they can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, where they can operate without any limitation or restrictions, Father. And I pray they need to move church up. I feel in my heart someone needs to move churches and God is saying I want you to move because when you move I'm going to use you effectively so that's a word for someone out there today see God wants to surround you with the right people he wants to connect you with the right people so father I pray for divine connections I pray for open doors I pray for restoration in every person's life, Father. Your purpose is for us to to have life and life in abundance, to have joy and to have peace, Father. And God, I just pray for every single person out there, Lord, 
And if anyone hasn't given their life to the Lord, or you want to, or you just feel far from God, I just want to pray for you again, that you can just come back to that place where you can say, God, I'm sorry I've drifted away from you. Sorry that my faith has been so um, weak, Lord. So, Father, I pray for every person out there that you will strengthen their faith. I pray that they will draw near to you. I pray that you will touch them with an excitement and that you'll just reveal your love to them. And so anyone who wants to give their lives to the Lord, just repeat after me. Father God, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. Father, please, I want to make you Lord and God over my life. Consume me with your spirit, Lord. Fill me, Father. Use me, Father. Thank you that I belong to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So whoever's prayed this prayer with me, I trust that God will fill you with his peace, his joy, his love, that it will restore to you what the locust has stolen, and that God will use you powerfully in his kingdom for his purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Unfortunately, that's the end of this program, and I would just like to um, thank everyone for listening. And if you'd like to comment on this topic, please send your request to Radio K Pulpit's webpage site and type in Body Matters and your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining me. We'll meet again next Saturday, same time, same frequency, with much more great conversation from me, Alana Willifier. Have a blessed week. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.